Want more of the Josh Scanlon podcast? Please. Please. Here you go. The Josh Scanlon podcast starts right now. Hi, my friends. It's Friday, March 22nd, 2019, and I got such a wonderful interview here for you today. It's called, uh, we're going to interview a guy named Flem Low Raps, who does a a YouTube channel at Flem Low Raps. It's uh, it's fantastic. The guy's just, he's a a machine. Uh, This guy's fantastic. It's football, but it's also about life stuff and uh, just sports stuff, life stuff. I just, I think he's one of the best YouTube channels out there. Uh, the interesting thing, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring him on is because, uh, you know, he, he started a YouTube channel after quitting his crappy old job that he was making good money from, uh, similar to me and similar to some others, people who are thinking about this. And, and I, I just find the experience that uh, his name's Carl, but he goes by Flemwell, is uh, is quite illustrate, illustrative uh, for some of you guys thinking about getting into the business of whatever it is, be it gardening, be it YouTube, be it, I mean, you name it, man, uh, finding your passion and following it. And, uh, and Flemmo talks about that. I mean, he had a, I think he said a pregnant wife and one cat and one child already. And, uh, you know, he's from uh, a small town in Mississippi uh, he went to Southern University of Baton Rouge. I didn't ask him if that's where he met his wife. I, my presumption is probably, uh, and, you know, they're living in an apartment and whatnot. And anyway, long story short, the guy was making money, good money, uh, selling electronic goods and furniture and stuff. I forgot the name of the store. Cons, I think is what it's called. And uh, and he said he just wasn't happy. He said, I, there's got to be something more than this. I'm not happy. I'm making money. I got to, I just got to do something more. And he started doing videos of all things older NCAA college football gaming. Now, the interesting thing with Flemlo, though, is he was creating narratives on the characters, essentially, the stories of the guys in his football teams that he was doing online. You know, talking about Joe Schmo, and I just, I, I just, I'm telling you right now, the narrative. The stories are interesting. The storytelling skill set is something that I think in my line of work, a lot of financial planners, they don't, they just, they're horrible at it. They just want to talk numbers. Two plus two is four. All else is secondary. No one cares that two plus two is four. People care. How does that affect me? And with Flemlo, here's a guy giving it his big job up with, I think, you know, again, a, a, a woman and a, a child on the way, if not one already out there, they, I mean, just no health insurance. Um, and, you know, and a younger guy, I think he said he was 27 when he started 28, something like that. I think he's 31 now. And he said, I'm going all into YouTube. And, uh, and the guy, he's a success. I mean, he's like a, a minor YouTube celebrity now. Like he says now, he lives in Houston. He goes out to the grocery and people recognize him. I, I just, I mean, look, it be, you know, fame is, who cares? I mean, at the end of the day, we've got to make money. Uh, but just what an impact this guy is having by starting out with something that he enjoyed immensely, which is, I think he said the system he was using on NCAA football was older one. That was almost, I think he said they stopped producing it in 2012. And yeah, he was still playing it and still had an audience of people watching it. And then he started going to something else where what happened to, you know, various players that you aware of, you know, what happened to, um, I don't know, Michael Vick, what happened to actually the one I watched is Marcus Vick, what happened to Marcus Vick, what happened to Kellen, 
uh, more. What happened to, you know, these kind of football players we're familiar with creating the story there. And, uh, and that has just taken off. I think he's got almost like over 350,000 subscribers now. I think he gets like 60,000, 70,000 views a day. Uh, and he's just making money. And it's just, he gets sponsorship as well, not just the YouTube AdSense, but the sponsorship. So people like Seat Geeks sponsors his program. It's just, it's, man, it's a success story, a success story. He was a football player in college on a scholarship at Southern University. But he always said he liked to be creative. He liked to do things other than just play sports. And uh, I just think it's fantastic. I love it. I think it's just a wonderful guy. I love wonderful human being. The story is just is, is fascinating because it just shows you, you know, and uh, that anyone can do anything uh, here. I mean, it's just you. anyone can do anything. It doesn't mean it's going to be guaranteed. It doesn't mean it's going to be guaranteed. But like Flemo said, and this is what actually I remember this guy named Alan Moore. He, he told me, not me, but I was listening to his podcast two years ago. He said, I had to start my own business. And I always said, if I fail, I will always be able to go back to being a financial planner for somebody else. No one's going to say, oh, you failed us starting your own business. We don't want you. And that's what Flemo said. He goes, you know, I was good at sales. I always knew if I I failed doing what I was going to do, that uh, I could always find another job in sales. And, man, I just I think that's absolutely that for some reason, when you hear that, it's intuitive. But until you actually hear it, at least for me, it doesn't. You don't put two and two together. It doesn't make sense until someone actually speaks those words. Look, man, if you are good at what you do, you'll always find another job uh, at what you do. I mean, that's just all there is to it because you're good at it. I mean, and you know you're good at it. Um, so if you know you're good at you know being a chess coach and you say, you know, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to go do YouTube videos on how to play chess. You know, later on, it doesn't work out. Well, you know, you'll always have uh, a, a chance to be a chess coach because people will pay you because you're good at it. I, it's just it's but you got to try. And then you got to say to yourself, am I having an impact on the world the way I want to? And if you are, hey, man, more power to you. But what if you wake up every day? Like it's funny. I was picking up my daughter today. It's Friday. She's like, oh, thank God. School's I got a week off or weekend off. Oh. Man, if that's you leaving work, you got to find something else, man, because that means come Monday night or come Sunday night, you're miserable, miserable. Come Sunday night, you're like, oh, I got to go back to that crappy old job. And this man, life's too short. It's too short. Anyway, another thing I liked about Flamlo is uh, the, the narrative on uh, on these guys who play sports who I follow. Because I've always liked football. I mean, I mean, I just I've always had back. I just like I said a million times, I remember. When I was a kid growing up in Maine, barn, we borrowed somebody's TV to watch the Raiders beat the Vikings um, on a tiny little black and white that didn't have volume. Or was that the first TV we had? I can't remember. But as, uh, in 1977, Super Bowl, Super Bowl 11, 77, 79, I think it was 77. And, uh, and I just, you know, I mean, I've always been a huge football fan, sports fan, is because, I mean, sports – it is and this is what I always hated about you know just making sports too political. You know you watch sports to uh, to get away from all that. Yeah, you don't want want to watch sports to hear people with their politics. I don't care what your politics are. You just don't want to hear that. You just like man, I'm getting away to to fantasize essentially about life without having the day to worry about the day to day stuff that I have to contend with. And um, I mean, for me, just growing up poor in Maine, you know, what I'm saying um, on this island, small little island in Maine. Uh, you know, <laughs> sports was the only method you could have to escape the reality of uh, of living on food stamps, of having no, you know, having to hope, just hope to come back from school and and hoping that uh, that your mom paid the heating bill. And 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 when it wasn't, 
knowing that you're going to be living out of friend's house for a couple of weeks until you got the money to pay it. I mean, just sports uh, is just an escape. It really is. And it's been, it meant a lot to me growing up as a, as a way uh, to escape and watch Walter Payton run the ball and just know that I mean, just, it was just like, Oh, I mean, it was fantastic. The point about that is we, we so focused on sports, you know, the team and aspect of whatnot and what it does for us individually and the happiness it brings that we still forget the humanity of the people who play. And, uh, yeah, he, Flemmo was doing Maurice Claret the other day. I watched a Maurice Claret the other day and he was got no dad. Uh, he saw a kid getting killed, like literally in front of his eyes when he's like eight or nine years old or something like that, you know, in the streets, just got shot. Uh, he was playing football on the streets and some guy just, I guess, you know, came up and killed. I mean, just can you imagine? And, you know, everyone kind of mocks Maurice Claret, um, and, and all these guys, Josh Gordon, all these guys, you know, they all have issues. I get that. But I mean, can you imagine being eight or nine years old and seeing your friend that you're playing football with just just dead in the street? He talks about some other guys that just sitting there thinking, I mean, how, how these these are PTSD people. I mean, we talk about the military and the people they see in Iraq, Afghanistan, when, uh, Vietnam. How about the people in our own cities? Though? I mean, the PTSD they have. Um that hasn't been identified. And then on top of that, some of these guys are fantastic athletes and they do well on the football field. And then everyone, you know, kisses their butt uh, because of what they do for the glory of the team. And then, you know, so they kind of, they have inner turmoil uh, from growing up in that environment. And then they have at the same time. Uh, so the emotional secure, the emotional, I guess, quotient of a, just a young child, and then on top of that, they had everyone just, you know, paving the way for them because their athletic prowess. How can you mature in that? And then you know, I just think like the video he did on Marcus Vick. I'm like, here's a guy just who hasn't grown up. And, you know, I, I just I, you look, you can't discuse it, but you're just sitting there thinking, can you blame him? I mean, that sounds like I'm making an excuse. I don't want to sound like that, but you're just thinking, you know, these guys have never had a chance to. To, I mean, I, and I think about Jay Bias. This one, oh, this one, I was growing up in DC because after I left Maine, I went to DC area, and I remember Jay Bias. Now, Len Bias uh, from from Maryland, and you may or may not know Len Bias, but he was going to be the heir to Larry Bird. He was taking uh, the number two draft pick, if memory serves, by the Celtics in '86, and uh, you know he was from Maryland, uh, college, not College Park. Um, Ah man, I've drawn a blank where that town right next door, uh, right next door in, in uh, PG County. I forgot what town it was, but anyway, Johnny Dawkins was from there. Um, I think all those guys who played in the ACC were from that area in PG County. Len Bias, you know, he dies from an overdose of drugs. Ah man, I didn't mean to ask uh, uh, Flemo what happened to Malcolm Butler, why he got benched in the Super Bowl. I forgot to ask him that. But anyway, so Len Bias dies from overdose and drugs. All right, Jay Bias now has got to wear the crown of what Len Bias could have been. And Jay Bias is just just some kid. And Jay Bias is Len Bias' little brother. Um, Frank, I, my inclination, they probably didn't have a dad around. I don't know that for sure, but I have a sneaky suspicion that's probably the case. Um, you know, his mom working a couple – I mean, just like a typical mom is doing, doing what she can to put food on the table, a typical single mom. Um, lost, you know, her oldest son and uh, and all – just – I mean, and I'm sure Jay was just the same kind of thing. was just – and then anyway, long story short – 
he gets into some, you know, some no good people. And now he gets shot in PG County and Langley Park um, and murdered. And, uh, you know, we don't hear about Jay buys. We hear about Lynn. And you just think, well, I mean, their the backgrounds are similar, but you know, Len was the the star athlete, premier athlete who had everything given. Again, not given to him, but the he had everything paid for him. And uh, Jay Bias did not. In fact, if anything, Jay Bias had it worse because are you going to be like your brother? You're going to be like your brother. And so, how do you deal with that as a child? On top of that, seeing the violence is endemic in the D.C. area back then. I mean, D.C. back in the '80s was just it was horrible, man. And uh, you know, how's a guy, how do you see, how's Maurice Claret, how's Josh Gordon, you know, how does uh, Trent Richardson, all these guys, how do you deal with that kind of chaos? Um, it just puts on a different perspective. And I think as we sit there and we idolize these 18, 19 year old kids, they have cameras on them. And then, you know, like Terrell Pryor, and he was at Ohio State University quarterback. Um, he got a free tattoo. And after that, everything blew up because a violation of the it just, it's, man, it's nuts. You're sitting there. Here's a freaking kid probably comes up from nothing. He's, some guy says, Hey, I'll give you a free tattoo. He doesn't know what's wrong. And it just, and yet we sit there, we idolize these guys. And then the minute they could no longer do things to make us feel good about ourselves, we, uh, we turn on them. I just think about, you know, Maurice Claret. I think about him. Let's talk about him. I think about this guy who everyone was idolizing, who, who ran a uh, running back for the Ohio State National Championship where they beat uh, a heavily favored Miami. Everything, I guarantee Maurice Claret could show anywhere. And yet when he kind of seemed to go from, from good to bad to worse, uh, I, I ostracized. I guarantee people just, they hated the guy. Imagine how that's got to feel. You know, you're like, you thought people loved you for you. They don't. They just love you for your talent and how you made them feel on the football field. The minute that stopped, there's no love. And I just, I don't know how you don't get bitter, to be perfectly honest with you. And then, you know, to to make fun of a guy like Marcus Vick and say, ah, you know, he had everything given to him. And you're thinking, did he? Did he have everything given to him? Um, maybe on an athletic perspective, yeah. I just think the whole sports thing is is a uh, grown men taking advantage, in particularly of young, um, immature men, uh, athletes, in particularly. And I just I, I find it shameful. There's no other way around that. I find it absolutely flipping shameful um, that these guys uh, do that because the boys are immature. They don't know any better. Uh, they're latching on because they have no father figures. All these guys in their lives. Here comes a recruiter. Here comes an agent. Here comes a coach. Is trying to expand their own repertoire, and uh, and then once the uh, the kid is no longer good enough or whatever, uh, he's just thrown out the sideline. And uh, and that us as fans, we do the same thing, absolutely. Oh, my guy left my team. You know, how could he do that? He just uh, you know, I hate that guy now. I mean, this is freaking sports, man. It's not life. Anyway, that that was my whole thing. So, Flemo, he talked a lot about this, a lot about this in his videos, and I just find it. Uh, I find it fascinating. I find it tragic, but I also find it uplifting because there are examples of folks, um, you know, like Trent Richardson now is playing the AAF. And here's a guy who could have easily cash it in. Uh, and when I mean cash in, I don't mean cash in with the money. I mean cash it in and just became no good to anybody, if not truly cash it in, if you know what I'm saying. And, and yet he's still at it. He's still at it trying uh, to make a go at it, what he has, which is a, a talent to play football, knowing full well that those talents are fleeting. And when those talents go away, he's going to have to do something else. And uh, 
and he tried to take care of a lot of people. And a lot of people used him. No other way around it. Used, I, I think about the coaches. I think about family guys. And I just uh, then on top of that, I think about the media um, always on you, like white on rice. And I just think me as a young Josh at 16, 17, 18, look, I was an athlete, but you know, what did you do when you're a young guy? Imagine having 80,000 fans at, you know, volunteer stadium, you're running on the field and everyone's, you know, sweating you, screaming your name. And then the minute you throw three picks and fumble, um, you know, people hate you. It's like, but I'm the same guy, but you're not the same guy to those people. Cause all you are is they're, the way to, I don't know what it is. So, I mean, literally, they they don't look at you as a human being. They look at you as a way to advance their own happiness. And once that stops, they don't care about you. In fact, if anything, they despise you, which is it's just sad. It really is. And I just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of problems there, which is one of the reasons I really am excited. And I didn't ask Flynn, well, I wish I would have the Ed O'Bannon case. I, he, uh, he was suing, he was a UCLA basketball player, and he was suing uh, for uh, basically, I think it was trademark infringement because UCLA was selling gear with his name uh, and they were getting paid, but he wasn't getting paid. And he's like, I didn't say they could do that. Or I can't remember the whole thing. And I, I, I my if memory serves, I don't think he won, which is too bad because, uh, you know, these guys do a lot for the schools. They do a lot for the coaches uh, in terms of the, the revenue they bring in. And yet they don't get anything. In fact, if anything, they're they're you know, because to, like Terrell Pryor, has a free tattoo, you know, he's a public enemy number one. And you're sitting there thinking, huh? But yeah, there's Ohio State, you know, these guys are still Pete Carroll from USC. That's wrong, man. Anyway, it's wrong. It's just a human being uh, element that Flemo brings to football, which uh, I've missed. I I, I tell you, I've I've lost my love of the sport, uh, a few years back, as I got older with children, I just didn't have the time. And the fact, you know, when the Patriots lost the, the Giants the first, I was really, really bummed out by that. Really, um, it, I never yelled like Rodney Harrison misses interception. I never like Rodney Harrison, but, you know, I just, it just really upset me that the Pats lost. And I just, and I said, you know, I shouldn't feel like this over a game. I remember that I slowly started getting out of it. And, uh, and then so I started the AAF really kind of brought me back to the Alliance of American Football. And that's how I came across Flemmo because he talks about the AAF. And, and I've enjoyed it immensely, uh, seeing a guy like Trent Richardson get back, seeing some of these guys who never really had a chance. But, uh, you know, they're getting they're doing what they want to do, what they love to do. And uh, I think it's cool. I think it's great that they're doing that. These guys playing football. I wouldn't I don't know how they do that. I just I frankly, I, it boggles the mind how these guys can still do that. But some of them do, and, uh, and I just hope I I just I like the I like the underdog story of a of AAF, you know, like the Kurt Warner, you know, stocking shelves in I don't know St. Louis, uh, Missouri, or something like that. And I was in St. Louis, in some place in Kansas or some Iowa, I think is what it was, and uh, and get called in to play minor league football, and you know, then became a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I and I just hope the AAF and things like that. I, I just love those kind of stories. I love the stories of. Jerry Rice, wide receiver at Mississippi Valley State, who became the best wide receiver ever. How did that happen? I just, man, how does that not, it's just, it just is so profound. But then you think about all the other guys, the Warren Moons. Uh, we talked a little bit about Willie Totten, who is Jerry Rice's quarterback at Mississippi Valley State. Uh, you know, Warren Moon did fine, but, you know, he had a lot of pressure on him uh, that most other quarterbacks uh, of a different persuasion did not have at that time. 
How did Jason Seahorn, how did he become the last white cornerback that I guess Steve Gregory from uh, the Chargers played a little bit of cornerback? But same kind of thing. It's the, the underdog thing. You know, how does a you know Doug Williams uh, from Grambling going on to play for Tampa Bay, who'd never won a game and takes Tampa Bay to the NFC championship? Um, that was, I mean, just think about it. Who's gonna risk uh, on Doug Williams other than a team that's 0 26? It's uh, that was Tampa Bay before Doug Williams came along, and thankfully, now we all remember Doug Williams, the Redskins. Um, but before that, would he have ever gotten a chance if, if Tampa Bay didn't, uh, it wasn't 0 26? I don't know, it just uh, ah, rambling a little bit here, but uh, it's good stuff. So, listen to the interview, you'll like what you hear. I'm a uh, I'm a big fan of Flemmo. Go to his website or his YouTube channel, Flemmo Raps. Uh, he's got on Facebook, Flemmo Raps, F-L-E-M-L-O, Flemmo. It's hard to say. Raps, Flemmo Raps. Hard to say that three times fast. But I think you'll like this episode. And uh, sorry about a little bit of a stream of consciousness here. But uh, it just really gets me thinking a lot about humanity, about sports, about different characters are out there. And just remembering human beings, man, God loves us all for who we are. If you're a Christian, you got to always remember Jesus died for each and every one of us, regardless of your persuasion, skin color, of your sex, your gender, regardless of you rich or poor. Jesus suffered on the cross for each and every human being. And if you are a Christian, it's, it's I think, uh, critical, critical to remember that about everybody about the guys that you think are no good. The Marcus Vicks, who seem to just be, you know, gone off awry. Jesus died for him. <laughs> Jesus died for, I mean, Jesus died for you. Jesus died for, I mean, just, Jesus died for us all. And as Christians, we should always remember that and, and have some have some empathy. Because uh, none, none of us are pure, I'm telling you right now. And if they had a mic on you when you were 18... Ooh, scares me to think about. All right, don't forget to subscribe, uh, follow the channel, go to Flemmo Raps, uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel, and we'll see you next time. All right, folks, this is a huge, a huge pleasure for me to introduce you to Flemro, uh, Flemlo from Flemro Raps on uh, on the YouTube channel. And I'll put a link in the show notes about this guy. It, it, he does a lot of football stuff, but so much more. So much more, actually. It's uh, it's the best uh, football uh, YouTube channel on uh, there is I found. Oh, but wow. man, just in terms of just life stuff, and it's uh, it's actually amazing because it's a pretty young guy, and I was, uh, I love it. And so uh, I just want to bring him to you all's attention because I think there's so much life uh, information that Flemlo uh, does on his YouTube channel while also talk about sports, which I, which I love actually, and uh, I think it's wonderful. So. Flemlo, thanks for being on the on the on the YouTube channel, on the podcast today, man. I am so excited for you to be here, sir. Super happy to be here, Josh. I'm right on. Would, would you just tell us? And again, I'll put the links in the show notes for all your stuff and everything. Just tell us who you are. You know, just just give us the background of who you are, man, and uh, we'll just go from there. Okay. Well, um, yeah, Flemlo raps. Um, I am a guy from super small place, Mississippi. Uh, went to college to play football in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, worked in sales for about five or six yeah. years after college. And then um, I started building my YouTube channel. Been doing that for about three years now. Been full time with it for about two. And here we are. What's, uh, 
I mean, just <laughs> you started doing. <laughs> what What was the the beginning? I mean, to start the YouTube. What, yeah. I mean, you're in college. You're, I mean, I, I know from your videos, like you're in sales. You're a good salesman and whatnot from your dad. But why did you start the? What made you think about? It? Well, um, I was pretty unhappy in in the job that I was doing. Um, I was doing well from a, a financial standpoint, but you know, I was selling furniture and electronics and I was one of the top salespeople, but I don't know. I just felt like I was making zero impact on the actual world, just kind of siphoning <laughs> off people, selling them a lot of stuff that they probably didn't need. And it made me pretty miserable. I was, I was kind of a miserable guy there for about that last year and a half doing, I did this for like five years, but like that last oh. year and a half is really, it was just a grind for me. It was, it was tough. And I wanted to transition into something new. So one day I was watching, um, I'm a big gamer. So I was watching like some tip videos on call of duty. I was trying to get better at call of duty at the time. And one day, one of the guys I was watching did like a house tour and I'm yeah. looking like, he's like, yo, this is all thanks to you guys. I'm like, what, what, what you mean? Like, so I do <laughs> a little research and I realized that, you know, it's been guys making a living on YouTube since, right. you know, like since I graduated high school, I'm like, I had no idea. So at that point I learned everything I could about it. And um, I started building my channel up. Um, so I did it for, I was doing gaming at first. I was doing a NCAA football and I, I did pretty good. I did that for about a year and some change. I kind of became just the NCAA guy. So I kind of did that alongside my job. I get up at like 4 a.m. Oh. I was I was grinding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I put a video out every day, go to work and come back. I did that for the longest until I got about, uh, it wasn't a lot, like 6,000 subscribers. And then yeah. I went full time with it. I mean, were you able to make enough money at, at that point to say I'm out yeah, of here? What, yeah, where I was, I, I realized initially I was trying to get to like 30,000 subscribers because I had done the math and I figured, yeah. all right, when I had 500 subs, I was getting about 500 views a day. When I got to 1,000 yeah. subs, I was getting about 1,000 views a day. So I was like, okay, when I get to like, how much do I need to sustain myself? I was like, I need about yeah, right, 30,000 right. views per day based on what I was making. So I did all the math. And um, so 30,000 views per day, okay, I need 30,000 subs. But what happened was when I got to about 5,000, I realized that what I could do instead is just post like three videos a day and yeah. and triple that, you know what I mean? And, and triple the, the little 5,000 views, I was get about 15,000, which was enough to to pay my bills and um yeah, right. i was working in sales so you know it's commission so you don't get paid until things go out so i had like another two to three months of product that were going to be going out so i was going to still be getting checks you know a couple more checks so i figured if i went full time i get a couple more checks and if it didn't work out i just get another sales job um you know i knew i could i could get one pretty Man. easily so yeah, I gambled with it. And within that first month of me being full time, um, it had taken me like a year and some change to get 5,000 subs. And then in that yeah. first month, I doubled it. And I went to 10,000. No kidding. Just like that. Yeah. So when you went full time and just doing like two or three videos a day, you doubled right, it. Right, right. Exactly. Man. Like I had a, um, 
yeah my son was uh my wife was pregnant at the time so i i mean it's a huge gamble so the variable was just hard work so i was i couldn't fail at this this is a crazy chance i was taking so you know i was posting three videos every day i was just grinding it out and you know we paid so we posted NCAA gaming videos or that's yeah, still yeah. NC, okay. NCAA gaming videos still. Yeah. I did NCAA gaming, like I say, up to about 60 or 70,000 subs. I did it for a long time. I did a bunch of dynasties. I created stories, created characters. I wrote a short book on one of the characters and people were invested, man. It was crazy. <laughs> but, that, so that's all you were doing at first was just your gaming NCAA football. That was it. That was it. Oh, I was just man, creating no stories okay. around it. Yeah. To kind of bring people into it. Yeah. Man. And um, it really worked. It really worked. Even though NCAA was, you know, came out in 2012 when they stopped making it. And it's like 2016 at that point. But yeah. people were still coming on, still viewing it. And, and you wrote a book on some of the characters you created? Yeah, like a short, I wrote like a short yeah. story on one yeah, of the characters. You. Yeah. Oh, and uh we saw it on amazon and yeah it did pretty good no kidding that's yeah <laughs> man, that nuts. You, you actually had a man and it's so i love it all right so now you're doing that and you're now were you married at that point Flamo? like when you started that, out was your wife like yeah go ahead we weren't married um officially okay. we didn't get officially married till like last year but we've okay. been together since college we were living together in the apartment you know we had been living together for the longest and so we were pretty much married, you know what I mean? It, we was oh, living a married it. life. Yeah, but she was, I mean, you're tight. So when you said, I'm leaving my well-paying sales job, Ooh. which makes me miserable, to go do this, was she like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she was exactly like, what? But when I approached her, I, I went, yeah. I didn't go half-stepping. I went with an entire plan. Yeah. I was like, yeah. listen, I was, um... It was funny you were saying how I was a pretty young guy. I was uh, not that young. <laughs> I was about 27 <laughs> at the time. And I right. I walked up to her with like a three-year plan. And I said, listen, oh, man. this is where we are oh. right now. I was like, if you can support me in this, I promise you in three years, by the time we're 30, our life will be completely different. Like, like I say, financially, we were fine. But from a freedom standpoint and a happiness standpoint, yeah. you know, that's pretty much what I pitched. I showed her a lot of uh, other YouTubers and kind of like went to their social blade and kind of estimated, look, yeah, this is what yeah. they're making. These are all the numbers that I've looked at. And I'm like, we'll be in a better situation in three years, I can guarantee you. And it was tough, but she she rolled with me. Was she working at that time? Uh, she was, yeah, she was working at the time. I mean, I was I bringing in the, the majority though. No, nah, she's not working now. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. But so yeah, so, so it was it was tough. Where did you um? The first question I can hear people think is, where did you get your health care from once you left? How'd you how'd you do that? Um. Well, I didn't have it for like the first year. You <laughs> went she, pregnant. You well, yeah, she ahead. had it through her job. Okay, gotcha. So she gotcha. still had it for her for her and my son. I just didn't have any for myself personally. Okay. I go through a private gotcha. thing now, but at the time, that was one of the things right, I so had to give up. Okay, you know, right on. Because that's the number I'm telling you, man. I get this all the time. That's great and all, but how do you do healthcare? And I swear, well, it's this, expensive. This, 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 it is, no. Yeah, it is expensive. That's something it's that you definitely want to think about looking to. Uh, it's very expensive, and 
even once it's gotten pretty expensive, it's it's not always the best thing. So yeah, it costs a lot of money. It does. Now, are you still in Baton Rouge, or are you back in Mississippi? Or where are you located now? Um, now I live in Texas, um, okay. like outside Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Yeah, we we always kind of wanted to move to Texas, and you know, so once we was able to, we we got we got married and we moved up here been here for that's like a year like, now got a cool little house that's why you yeah. like the san antonio commanders then because exactly the ah okay got exactly now, there when, you go. <laughs> so when you were you know position this to your to your wife um about the youtube thing she's like hey you know that's great and all and then uh i mean <laughs> look where you are now i mean are you just i mean i know you have to plan all that but are you just like this is, I mean, it's a crazy. I can do this. I mean, literally from your house full time in your freaking, you know, you can do whatever you want. Is that, are you just like sitting there thinking, I can't believe it worked? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> some days, some days I feel like that. Um, usually I'm too, um, I'm a little too consumed with just the day to day and thinking about yeah. the future to really just kind of dwell on it. But yeah. I definitely have those moments and I try to, uh, I'm bad about that. I try to uh, slow myself down to enjoy it and really think about it. Like, man, that that thing was crazy because the part we didn't get to, and I'll talk about it briefly, in the middle of there, yeah. like right after I went full time, literally two months later, um, yeah. there was a huge YouTuber uh, who got into trouble and like all of like Coke, Pepsi, AT&T, they all pulled ads from YouTube and my revenue got oh. cut by about 80%. No. Two months after going full time. Yeah. And it stayed like that for like four or five months. And I had to oh. drive Uber. Like <laughs> I drove Uber and uh, that's kind of when we did the book because I had to figure out some ways outside oh, of man. AdSense to make money to pay the oh, bills that's... and I had to sell my truck. It was, it got really sticky there. And I was real close to uh, to going back to work. But at that point, you know, I had built so much. I invested a lot into it. I didn't want to just give it up, but it came close. Man, I, I didn't even think about that. That's some, oh, cause that's, uh, yeah. When you're putting on the YouTube and YouTube does something where the advertisers aren't happy. And that's what makes the whole thing work is if the advertisers right. aren't happy. That's uh right. Man, that must have been a four months of just thinking, oh, oh my man. gosh, that was the hardest four months of my life. We, my son, we had to take him out of daycare, so he would just stay home with me. So I would, you know, I'm babysitting and making videos, and you know, what I mean? like after I get up and do my Uber shift, um, I forgot, I don't remember what time, like four or five, super early, and uh, that way I could be home by like my wife yeah. was going to work at like one. So I do it from like four to noon, come home, she go to work, then I make my videos and, and watch my son, we hang out. When you were doing Uber, I'm just curious, did, uh, I, I, mean, I don't know how it works, but did, were you able to talk about your YouTube channel to any of the, uh, the, the, the guys you're driving around by chance? Or did they recognize yeah. you or anything like that? Nope. Definitely kidding. nobody recognized me at that point. Like okay. people recognize me now at that point, definitely not. But um, yeah, I would talk about it just when it come up. You know, on the longer yeah. trips, y'all get to talking, and we were just running out, kind of telling what I was doing, and some people would legitimately be interested. They go check it out, and yeah, some people, right oh on. yeah, oh, that's cool. You know what I mean to keep it moving, but now what it you, was definitely I an mean, experience. 
when you go to the grocery store, Flemo, do people recognize you? Oh yeah, now. You know, no it's not yeah. Not every day. I mean literally a like, celebrity. You know what I'm saying? I'm like an internet a internet mini celeb. <laughs> yeah. Right you know on, what I mean? Um right. yeah. I had to get more used to it. Since I moved up here, it's been a lot more frequent than it was when I was in Baton Rouge. Um like literally <laughs> the day I was moving, I'm in Walmart, it's like 11 o'clock at night just trying, right. to, trying to get something to drink because you know i have nothing in the house we're tired <laughs> moving. and like, hey flimlo and it caught me off guard oh, <laughs> but i've gotten used to it now like i see people That's in the mall crazy. or you know it's it's super man. cool man like once you adjust to it, it it's so dope to just have people um you know come up to you and like some of my other youtube buddies um who do football content as well it's kind of yeah. different because um they'll do a little bit more like traditional documentary style stuff so their face isn't in it as much and when we're out even though yeah. some of them are bigger than me uh they always joking about how much i get recognized <laughs> that's, awesome, man. that's awesome i, I think that's actually my opinion is important you don't have to i mean i know there's guys and ladies on youtube who don't put their face on there i just think it's it actually helps create that bond for sure you know what i'm saying yeah um, I, I think so now, are you you have other forms of of income coming in, not just relying on YouTube, or what's the? I mean, I I mean, I know you talked about that book you did just for a temporary kind of stopgap when they the uh, the ad stopped coming in. Anything else? You're, like, I'm just curious. Like, uh, what if YouTube does that again? What else you got coming in? I mean, what's uh, yeah? Uh, are you merchandising anything, or what else you got going on? I'm. We're getting into doing more merchandise now. I tried it before. Okay. With some of the internet companies i didn't really like it so i went ahead and yeah. invested in a um like screen printing machine i'm just gonna do it oh. myself and so yeah, i've got it good. i've got the machine that uh, we already printing out samples so i'm gonna start actually selling those pretty soon and looking into like more investments and now i have like adsense has, has been it's really great it's still really great for me that's still my biggest uh, revenue stream yeah but um, yeah. i also have sponsorships that i do i mean i'm turning down i turn down at least two three sponsorships like per week now because you no get kidding. so many yeah and I, you only want to take the really reputable ones right. Right. <laughs> because you know that could be a sticky situation but i've got like like seat geek i've got like um i do deals yeah. with them pretty much every week you know, I've got them. We do uh, Audible. It's one of my favorites because I like to put try to put guys on the audio books and things like that. So, yeah, it's just a bunch of sponsorships. AdSense is still really big. And then I got a couple outside ventures. And that's one of my biggest goals for this year. I mean, I've got money saved up. So if YouTube was the, was the trip. But right, right now, right. while everything is good, I definitely want to get some more revenue streams popping for sure. Are the sponsorships anywhere near your AdSense revenue? I mean, you don't have to tell me specifically. I'm just curious. Like, the sponsorship, they come, they pay half what the AdSense do, a quarter? I mean, what's the, if you just had a guest mate? Yeah. Like, on a per video basis, it's yeah. probably, like, on just an average video, it's probably about the same. So, you okay. double up, you know, Man. for me. Right on. I, I okay. double up on that video. Yeah. And then, <clears throat> kind of the beauty of it is, it's like... Because I post so much, like I have 15, over 1,500 videos. So yeah, even my gaming stuff, like when I go look at my playlist, my gaming playlists 
are like second on my uh, most recent viewed videos. You know what I mean? So people still watch. Like my whole library continues to yeah. eat. That's the that's the thing, and that's when the assets can really work for you because you're making. You know, you're able to make money on the new videos, sure. Yeah. But the old yeah. videos never yep. stop collecting. And that's the Crazy. beauty of it. Yeah. No, it's uh man. I, I started my channel last March and I I one of my still highest paying videos something I did literally about a year ago. I'm like, it's nuts. I mean, because yeah. I mean I mean I didn't I didn't know what I didn't know, but I'm sitting there thinking that thing is literally an asset, it's still paying me money. It's not a huge amount because I don't have a big channel yet, but it's it's nuts. Now all right, so you were doing the game and stuff. You got two two channels doing again. I'll put the link in the shows. What made you start thinking about what happened to you know Josh Gordon? What what made you start thinking about those kind of videos? Because I think that's uh I, I, those videos are, are some of the best videos I've ever seen. Actually, I just obviously man, a lot that's of research a huge compliment. That. No man, it, it's I it's uh like I told you my email too. It's it completely. It may, I'm ashamed to say it, man, but it made me uh, revisit my own biases about some of these guys. And, and, and I, I just – I don't want to go too much more than that, but just – you hear about – you just hear the one side of the freaking media, and you sit there thinking, oh, and then – but then there's another side of the story. And, uh, and I should know better than that just because, look, I, I don't trust the media as far as I can kick them uh, from uh, my industry, which is financial planning, but I, I don't know why I would believe them when it comes to athletes. And it really actually really bothered me about my own personal biases, to be honest with you. And uh, anyway, so long story short, what made you start going that route? Cause that, those are fantastic. Okay. Well, first I'll say it, as far as like the media is concerned, yeah. it's just, it's storytelling. I mean, you can't really beat yourself up about that. I mean, that's like our oldest form of getting information across. And the storytelling or the narrative created around these guys is pretty much all we've heard. That's all we hear about, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, before the internet, before YouTube and all that stuff. But so, you know, it just kind of happens like that. But um, it's funny. It's a great transition because we were literally um, just talking about, I think the last thing I said was the older library, how it continues to eat now. My gaming yeah. stuff now, because I don't do it anymore and I have it all playlist, it's almost like, you know, you can almost watch it like a series still. So people will go back and do that. But at the time, the shelf life on those videos was really, really short. So yeah, I'm bet, thinking yeah. like, yeah, this, I can't do this forever. I'm still having to do three videos per day. And it was, um, it was one of those things where I was like, well, this is one of the reasons that I transitioned out of sales. I want more time, right? <laughs> I, I have, I'm doing the same thing. I'm probably working more now. Like I'm working right. more hours than I was before. This is not <laughs> the plan. It's not sustainable. So right, right. I took my first break ever. I like announced, yo, I'm going to take like a week off, y'all. Because I, I wanted to rethink. I took like two days. <laughs> it felt like a week, though. <laughs> when you working like that, after like two days, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. But um, <laughs> I did a bunch of research. And there were a lot of basketball guys. Uh, this guy named Mike Krizimba. He's like the first one I saw doing basketball story videos. He broke out of the 2K community where he was a uh, uh, – you familiar with NBA 2K? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, okay. I, I don't yeah, you don't need to know. Yeah, yeah, just as long as you know what it is. Yeah. He was like yeah, a smaller absolutely. 2K okay. YouTuber. And I had been watching okay. the 2K community for a while because I wanted to bring a lot of stuff they were doing into the NCAA community. But 
I, nobody was really, nobody really wanted to do anything at that, at that time, right? NCAA community is doing good now. But yeah. at the time, nobody really wanted to do anything. So I was like, okay. He came out of that community and went into the storytelling. And I was like, man, I can really do that. So then I come across this guy, um, KTO, who was doing similar videos for football. So I hit yeah. up him and I hit up a lot of the highlight guys because my issue was um, copyright claims. Because I knew, yeah. I'm like, if I make these these type of videos with these clips in it, XOS Sports is yeah. notorious. <laughs> they're going to come get me. Uh, you know, they're going to take all the revenue from these videos. And that wasn't an option for me because this is my full-time income. So I, I tried to figure out how to work my way around that. I, talk, I reached out to all those guys. I talked to them and I got as much info as I could. And they, they helped me out as much as they could. And so I realized, like, you know what? What if I'm if I'm on camera like the whole time? <laughs> they can't, you know what I mean? They'll have they won't be able to hit me nearly as much. This is technically fair use at this point. So yeah. I kind of went into that, and I still got hit here or there, but I, I started just using mostly pictures, and I I use some clips, but yeah. turns out people like that style. You know what I mean? It was something different than what you were typically seeing in these type of videos. And as far as me really breaking down the human side of it, that's literally just my natural disposition. I ain't going to it thinking, all right, this is this is what I'm going to do. I want to humanize these guys. I really right. wasn't thinking that at first. I just went in like, I'm going to tell these guys this story from a right. unbiased, uh, you know, unbiased opinion. I'm going to go and do all the research and get all the information that we not getting when we watch, when we only hear about, like you say, Josh Gordon, we only hear about how much of a, a screw up Josh Gordon is. Right. And I kind of started doing it and it it took off, man. Like the first, um, probably the first video, literally. I think the first What Happened To video I made became my, my most viewed video within like a week. And I had been doing it. YouTube for like almost two years now. So I'm like, oh right. my God, you know? And um I was still kind of doing gaming at the time, but that video stayed my most viewed. Like it, it was getting the most views every day, even a week later. And that's when I was like, yep, that's the move. I'm going head yeah. first into that because look at the shelf life. And yeah. apparently people liking these videos. So, you know, I made no, an announcement, absolutely. pissed a bunch of people off because they were mad I was stopping the game and stuff. But a lot of them stuck with me and we just kept going from there. So we started that at like 70,000 subs, man. And now like yeah. that kind of blew the channel up. We we're at 350 almost. And so that became like my main thing. And it's funny. I was doing, I went back and did seasons. I put them all into playlists and seasons the other day, like two days yeah. ago. I have 86 what happened to videos. And I was like, bro, that is insane. <laughs> and I was looking at some of the early ones when I was using the Walmart camera still. And, you know, it's come a long way. But we've really just gone head first into, into that. That's, that's my thing now. So it's kind of weird because, like I say, I was the NCAA guy. Like, people just came with me for everything NCAA. Right, and then right. to shift over is uh, pretty cool. Now, do you... Um... Who was the first one you did? You remember? Yeah. Uh, very first one I did was Kellen Moore, which I'm going to redo. Yeah. And then the first one I did, 
in the style of video that you see now because that okay. one was still like mostly gaming i kind of did okay. half of what i do now half of gaming because i'm kind of you know i'm introducing my gaming audience into this so uh right. but Lamichael james was the next one i did okay yeah and so you just saw it i mean it just hit and you're like oh man this uh this obvious you know because kellen moore you know, while he's known, he's not as big as like, I mean, well, I don't think Trent Richardson or something like that. So if yeah, yeah. on that kind of views, you know that, man, this is, this is I wasn't even, yeah, I, I really wasn't thinking in terms of how big a guy even is. I was just like, yeah. you know, Kellen Moore was one of my favorite college players. So I just wanted to kind of tell his story. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, absolutely. And I, that's what I decided to do. And then the first, the next maybe 10 or 15 after that were all requests. So what would happen is in that's every great. video, whatever that top comment was, that would be my next one. And so that's that's probably how, I don't know, that's I don't remember, that's how Trent came. But that was how I, I would do whatever the top one was that I thought was interesting. I just do that one, and we just kept going. But the thing about that too, Slimlo, is now you got <laughs> you can do updates on Trent Richardson. You can do update. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Marcus Vick, you can do. You know, two years from now, say, hey, this. I mean, if you ever want to, I'm just saying to give oh, you that. Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh man, I mean that's uh, that's 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 just. Now, do you do this all yourself? You got an editor? I mean, oh yeah, no. Just, I'm a one. I'm a one man band. I'm a one man band. So, like on when you're showing like clips from, I don't know, yeah, uh, uh, you're doing like Johnny Manziel or somebody. I just drawn a blank uh -huh. on somebody just watching. But does that? I mean, does the NFL or whoever have rights to that? I mean, do they say, hey, you can't? I mean, do you still get paid on that? Is that? I mean, how does that work in terms of you're showing a CFL highlight or something like that? Yeah, you know what I'm saying the CFL is actually really cool. The AAF oh. is really cool. The NFL is a mm, little less cool, and college football plays zero games. Like, don't you can't if you show a, a college clip, you're you're done. So, really, I just kind of oh, oh yeah. So I just kind of learn. You know, okay. I've learned along the way. Like my first yeah. few videos might get hit, and um, the beautiful thing is like YouTube will usually tell you. Like it'll get claimed before you even post it. Like when you first. Oh. Okay. upload it and it's still in private or i'll put it in unlisted to see and if it doesn't yeah. get hit then um i'll go ahead and schedule it you know sometimes they'll wait till after or i've had videos go get a million views and then it'll get hit super late like manually but you know by that point the video's gotten all of it you know you already yeah, made all right, the money from yeah yeah so it's, it's not if you show it picture like just like you do know, a still shot of you know guy yeah. of uh guy running for the rams or something like that uh that talk early that doesn't get never uh, yeah never really? had an issue okay. with that uh-uh so right. so far you'll see mostly like the panning you either see me on camera or a panning yeah. like screenshot or what i'll do is um a lot of times i'll find like okay say this is a random guy who uploaded some random footage to twitter or something you know i'll yeah. hit that guy and maybe use that or if like the player has a like i just did the numdy asamoa video that's the most recent yeah. one um he had like a workout like some workout footage that he did yeah. with some smaller groups so you can talk to them and use that footage instead of using yeah. like you're not seeing like in-game footage but that's still enough 
to just give the person that visual, you know, Absolutely. as you as you're kind of talking and going through it. So that still works. So that's kind of what I do. Now, did I mean, did you study this stuff in college or something? Or just kind of common? How'd you come across on on knowing about storytelling? I mean, uh, this I mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a wonderful technique and it's incredibly important. But it doesn't just fall into someone's lap like, hey, because a lot of people. Yeah are very like, you know, A plus B is C, and that's fine, but that's boring. But how did you know how to do this in terms of creating the narrative and whatnot? Um, I think it's, it's mostly nat- a natural thing. I um, yeah. I mean, I was in plays, and I did, like, I was into, like, trying to act and all this stuff when I was young. We didn't have a lot of opportunities for that where I was from, but everything we had, yeah. I was in it. You know, we tra- I traveled around, like, in this little – this little group, we travel around all in Mississippi doing like these little plays. We got paid like 500 bucks for that. I so I thought that was great. And then um, yeah. I've always wrote, written, you know, raps. That was like the only form right. of storytelling that was acceptable when I was growing up, where I was yeah. growing up. So I did that. And um, I honestly, I didn't take any of this stuff like in school. Like I never, I didn't, yeah. I never knew this would be like a strength of mine, honestly. Um, but Everything else, like once I started it and people were telling me, hey, man, you're pretty good at telling stories. And I was like, oh, so I start, you know, self-talk, watching YouTube videos on different storytelling, start looking up different things about writers and stuff like that. So everything is just self-taught Internet stuff. But I probably I probably will be taking I want to take some classes and kind of get more of the technical side of it, because I don't it's not as structured like and i didn't realize that again until hanging around some of my my youtube friends that stuff is really structured with how they go into it they almost have like an outline like a format yeah i just kind of go i mean i'm going pretty much beginning to end but it's not you know what i mean i'm not thinking about you know how i'm gonna tie all this together it just kind of happens i just kind of write it and then you record it and we try to edit it together and um match what you're hearing with what you're seeing and a role. Well, that's what I think actually rap music took off from the eighties because of storytelling. I don't, I mean, I, don't, I remember yeah. going up in DC area and, and, you know, they had, uh, they had go-go music back in DC uh-huh. and uh, go-go music never took off. And it was, even though I, I found it to be, you know, even as a white kid, I always loved go-go music. It was just, it's more, I always thought it was just more energetic, but rap music told a story. You know what I'm saying? There's a story like the yeah. old ice tea. You know, there's an IT album, Ryan Page, which is nothing but stories and narratives. And I always yeah. even back then I said, there's a reason why that is taken off. And this is not not just go-go, but any kind of music is because of the story behind it. Obviously, Agreed. you know, the beat and whatnot generates it too. But I just, it's a storytelling, man. And that's, uh, in my business and financial planning, so many people make that mistake. They just think they got to, you know, puke out a bunch of information and people are like, oh, okay, but it doesn't work like that. You got to, A, you got to relate to people and B, you got to, you know, kind of get them involved by the narrative. And I just think it's a, I, I do think it's a skill set that, you know, basically God gives you, but I think it can be learned too. Where, where did you, you went to Southern, where did you go to school again? Um, Southern? Yeah, Southern, Southern okay. University. Uh, that's a D1AA school in Baton Rouge, like 10 and you, minutes. You played, and you played football for them? Uh huh. Well, I was on a football scholarship. I didn't okay. play very much. Really? Okay. <laughs> no, no, right on. But you, you were on a scholarship there, and that's you uh-huh. said. I mean, I just, I, I'm curious. Playing football is still, you know, a a big school. You know, it's not, uh, you know, Bridgewater College in in Virginia. It's a big school. You know, what I'm saying, how how does yeah. that? I mean, how much time are you dedicated to 
to doing football versus actual schooling. And I just, you know, uh, and that's just lots. Nuts. So that's much so to where that did you see that recent uh video the NCAA posted? Yeah, about a student athlete. Oh my god, that, that video was crap. <laughs> it was such crap. Like this dude woke yeah. up and the sun was out. Like that, it doesn't work <laughs> like that. You get up at like five a.m. at least, like by five a.m. you have weights or conditioning at five a.m. Regardless, right after that you got to go try to rush, get some food. Then you rush to class. You know you got to stay up on your classes because if those fall off, then you know, your scholarship falls off. And right after right, that, exactly. you got meetings. And right after that, you got to try to eat again. And then you got practice. Right after practice, you got to grab some food for the night because the calf closed relatively early. And then you probably have more meetings and or study hall or night classes if you got that. And so it takes up every, it takes up all of your time. And that was my biggest issue because I have a lot of interest. So um, my coaches were expecting a lot more from me, but I was kind of yeah. all over the place. <laughs> and I was just like, man, I could not dedicate my entire, you have to focus like almost your entire life on it. And it's, it's great for like, each person is different. So yeah. I got a lot of friends who were, who put, you know, able to put all the time, put all the focus in. And it definitely teaches you a lot of discipline and structure. And it, so it's positive to it kind of helps you set you up for like the work world and everything right, like right. that. But um, from a time standpoint, it is extremely time consuming, man. It, it's it. I tried to, I tried to get a job um, while I was playing and it, it, it couldn't work because practice is supposed to end around, I don't remember what time, but it would always go over. It would go over every day. Yeah. I would be late every day. And I had that job for like a week. <laughs> do they let you have a job while you're on scholarship well i didn't probably not but right, you know right, nobody right. knew that's what, at the time how's that, yeah so these guys i mean they got a scholarship yeah, that's great and they got food and i mean look i'm not discounting that but it was i mean we're talking about what was it the, the guy from ohio state prior who got a, like a thing with a tattoo i mean i'm like what the hell yeah. is that? i mean i'm yeah. sitting there thinking Here's a dude whose whole life is focused on football, and and uh, I, oh man, I just for the and, love and of somebody me, says, "Yo, get... man, I'm gonna give you a complimentary tat." Oh, <laughs> great! You can't even like it's not even money, but you can't cash that out. They had some guys on Ellen, maybe last year. Uh, they won like a, a prize. They had some type of prize for like a little dance or something they did on the internet. They couldn't accept the prize because. <laughs> They couldn't take any uh, any income coming in from you know any other source, and the yeah, NCAA, I feel like they just crazy. and it's slipping now, but they know I that hope. once that door opens, that it's gonna lead to the next thing and then lead to the next thing. So they they're trying real hard to hold on to that amateurism, and uh, just stack up all the money, all the TV revenue, and all the money that the schools are making and the coaches are making, but. I, I see within the next few years it, them losing more and more control because it's clear man. to almost everybody at this point that yeah. what they're doing is is unethical, man. It's wrong. Well, especially like <laughs> you did a video where, you know, one coach, he can leave anywhere he wants, like uh, Pete yeah. Carroll, you know what I'm saying? I mean, he can go wherever the hell he wants, and yet the player's yeah. stuck. You're like, what? what what's, yeah. I, I mean, 
freaking crazy, man. It actually ticked then me the, off. And, uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, the, you the, go ahead. The fans and the media, a lot of times, will like, I like to go on social media when a guy transfers and yeah. just pull up latest. Always, I do this all the time. Let's, let me see, not top, what's the latest 20 tweets? And usually, at least half of them are people calling the guy a quitter or saying yeah. he doesn't want to compete or they're upset that he betrayed them and they always like put it in these these like codes oh he quit on his teammate so i'm like no nah, man that man want to go to the nfl that's the only reason he's doing it <laughs> if he's a quarterback what? the only one of those guys play like you you're not going to the league as a backup quarterback like the chances are are super slim so you want to put yourself in a position where you can get on the field and show what you can do that that's your actual goal like college is a means to get there right you know what i mean but you only got so many years of eligibility you don't want to waste them sitting on a bench and so it's understandable when a guy wants to move and coaches i mean they'll come in and and get multi-million dollar deal and promise these kids a whole bunch of stuff recruit them you know when they sit them in sit in their living rooms and then yeah. Two years later, kids only a sophomore, coach is out. Better opportunity. Right. Peace. He you got know what I mean? Yeah. And, make, and walk off with a kid. bag of money and go get another bag. It's funny, the thing you did on Maurice Claret where you say, it's weird because I guarantee they could drive from freaking Youngstown to or Columbus to Youngstown to recruit him. But the minute his friend dies, they can't drive him from Columbus to Youngstown. To he can't get a ride. Home. I was like, I, are you serious? That's insane. I just, to me. It's, uh, it, I just wonder, like, how does the a player sit there and know these fans don't give a crap about him other than their current skill set? And I just, uh, I, I don't, don't think you, most players are aware of that. Really? Oh, yeah. Man. Just based on, I mean, because you got to just look at the culture. Like, players are from the time we kids. You kind of the the yeah. football way. And I I hate, I don't like speaking against it too much because, like I say, I learned so much, so many valuable things from playing football um, and that whole culture. But a part of it, it it, kind of brainwashes you in a sense to believe that, you know, that the people who support the team support you as an individual. Or it's not even important that they don't support you as an individual. They just support the team. And people just want to be a part of that. You know what I mean? We're, um, we like to be a part of cliques and groups. Just, you know, we're social animals. So people automatically gravitate to that. And when I look at the football world as a whole, that's kind of what I see. Like, I remember being disgusted when I saw uh, Le'Veon Bell's teammates like going through his locker and like taking his shoes and posting it on. I was like, bro, this, that is insane to me. I was like, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I was like, man, they just flipped on a man like that. He's holding out, trying to get his worth. You know what I mean? And when your time time, comes, yes. He's not going to be able to get this five years. I mean, it's going to be over quickly. And the team clearly knows that, which is why they signed you to, this many years and then they're gonna franchise you if you're running back they're gonna franchise you twice and yeah. then they're gonna offer they're gonna lowball you because now you're 26 yeah. 27 and they're gonna show you all these stats well listen this is what running backs do at this age this is what we can offer you so he tried to get in front of that you know what i mean it didn't work out um, like amazingly but 
he was attempting to get out in front of that. And, you know, it just, it's crazy to see like his teammates not support the second that, you know, he can't come out and, and do something for you. You just completely flip on him. So that's what I don't, it's a then, tough, it's a tough thing. thing. Is, then these guys get out and they've, you know, they've been sweated their whole life because they're that star athlete and, you know, pop Warner, the star athlete in high school and star, athlete, you know, maybe a star athlete in college, but then, you know, they don't make it in the NFL, whatever. And then, uh, you know, they're 27. Um, I just wonder how many feel like, well, where, where's their buddy? You know what I'm saying? Cause no one cares anymore. If after anything, they, they, I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, it yeah. bothers me because I, I sit there and think these guys, everyone is kissing their butt for the longest time while they can make those fans happy. The minute they're no longer in the picture, they won't cares. And I just, uh, it's, uh, it's not good. And I, I just, I, it's too bad for those guys. And, and the thing is, Flemo, they're freaking young kids, man. I mean, just, I yeah. mean you're 19 years old and you got 80,000 people at the University of Tennessee screaming your name, loving you. You fast forward four years, you're still a young guy. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's thinking, the thing. Like, where's the empathy? It's like people exactly. don't seem to remember. Like, I mean, I'm sure there are a, there are some, but the majority of us did not have it together at 19. Bro, if there was a camera on me all the time when I was when I was 19, like if social media was like it was now, I nope. it, <laughs> I would have stuff sticking around. Like we all did dumb stuff as kids. We all made mistakes as kids. Yep. We made bad decisions, but they went away. And for them doesn't really go away and everything is is amplified and is all recorded i heard arian foster say on joe rogan's podcast a couple of years ago he said when he was um he was talking he's like 27 he said he was in his yeah. prime physically and he was in his infancy mentally like he had no yeah. idea how to yeah. even live outside of you know just football and he said <laughs> he had to learn so much stuff late like in his 30s <laughs> that he should have you know most people would learn in their 20s and that's just that's just a part of it i mean it's a trade-off i just wish they were better um kind of better educated on on the whole thing man and a lot of times they're not trying to hear it to be to be no, honest yeah it's right it's gotta be both sides but yeah and the sad thing is you you know it could be Maurice collette could go to all these places and tell the young guys coming up hey watch out for what happened to me and they're gonna say ah I'm not going to be like you, you know, I mean, because the cockiness, man, and you can't, look, I'm not excusing them, but you know, they've had everyone sweating them their whole life. And now they're thinking, well, I'm not going to be like that guy. I'm going to be, yeah. you know, Tom Brady or whatever. And you're just like, look, there's a very few Tom Brady's very, <laughs> very few Emmett Smith's, but there's a whole lot of Maurice Clarets out there. And uh, you just got to be careful. And then, Ah, it just kills you, man, because you're sitting there thinking all these guys screaming holler, like you say, the stuff you do as an 18 year old kid. I mean, that's why I had to go in the army. Cause I had no freaking, I was an idiot up until then. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, if I, I mean, oh, man, these guys are going and playing in front of 80,000 people and everything they do or say is just amplified a million times a Sunday. What the, I only got a couple more minutes before the software bust out, but I just want to ask you about like the, I wonder if some of these guys like PTSD and stuff, like, you know, going back to Maurice Claret thing, you mm -hmm. saw his, you know, when his partners get killed right when he's playing, I mean, literally killed right in front of him while he's playing football on the street or something like that. I just, yeah, I don't think we, I think we discount what that would do to a young man. And I, I know the vast majority of Americans um, don't have that. Uh, you know, the, the most of us, and you had actually made a good point about, you know, dads making sure you take care of your kids and whatnot. And uh, I actually cannot agree with that more, but the vast majority of us don't have that kind of situation to happen when we're kids. And I just, 
I wonder how many of these players go just have some kind of PTSD, and that's what makes them act erratic. You know what I'm saying? Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I haven't done, like, pointed research, but I could say yeah. just off the top of my head that, yeah, for sure. I think that's that's one of the things. Like, a lot of these guys come up in these super rough environments, yeah. which kind of cultivates – attitude and the physicality that you need to excel in a sport like football but we just don't look at the other side of it man we don't look at the other side of it as far as uh as these guys mental you know what i mean and a lot of them will definitely they'll have ptsd they'll have cte type of symptoms early on and people turn a blind eye to it because I, i think the thing is we still believe no matter how many rich people we see kind of go crazy or have these major issues, especially if they get rich young, we still think as a society that money solves everything. So I think that's why we discount it because we feel like, yo, these guys get paid this, they should be fine. You know what I mean? And um, unfortunately, not everybody's going to ever get to a point where they're they're comfortable enough financially to realize that man i still got all like not all the same problems but i still got a hell of problems from before some went away some only escalated and now i got some new issues and that's just kind of how it goes but i think people have a lack of empathy because these guys they make the money that they make and we think that money is like the key to yeah no man and that's your video you talk about just I forgot off the top of my head, but you're talking about uh, money is not. I mean, the, the whole point is happiness is it. And that's kind of like, you know, what yeah. you did, you quit your job that you're making good money, the same thing. I was making good money and I quit my job. Yeah. So I want to say it's actually interesting. You had said something that was very, uh, I heard another guy say, I can always get a job back in sales if this fails. You know what I'm saying? And I, I thought, I said, you know something, that's a good point. No one's ever going to sit there and say, Flemlo, you failed as a YouTuber. We don't want you to hire you if yeah. you're good at what you do. And, uh, yeah. and that, some guy had said that, and not to me directly, but I heard him on a podcast. Said, you know, that's it. I can always get back in sales if I need to because uh, they yeah. always need good people who are salespeople for sure. But at the end of the day, hey, I was going to ask you real quick. Do you get bored of doing YouTube all the time? You ever? I hate to say bored, like not bored doing the videos, but do you ever say, I mean, you're just doing so many and you're doing, you like yes. it, obviously, or else you wouldn't do it. But you ever just sit there and say, man, I'm not sure I got it. I, I don't know. Does ever, yes. ever get bored? Yes. Like, <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, what do you, you do have to, then? What you happens? have to kind of, well, what I'll do is I might take a break. Um, I may fall back. Or especially like the what happened to videos specifically can get a bit draining if it's not, yeah. a, if it's not, because, you know, some of the stories are very similar. So I try to pick out really good ones that will kind of give us something different um or me something different because like i said that the process of those it takes like i don't know eight to 12 hours it takes a long time to get all the research and you know what i mean and then do the script and then shoot it so yeah it it takes a lot but it's it's just like any any other job well it's not just like any other job it's like any other job that you enjoy right uh if there's any other job that you enjoy it is still a job so yeah there are yeah. days where i just don't have it and sometimes i'll have to get a video out because i got to get a video out and it right. might not be my favorite video 
Um, right. But uh, I find that a lot of times those are sometimes would be the best, some of the best videos. And I'm like, wow, you know what I mean? And sometimes the one you think, oh my God, this is the best video I ever made. Um, yeah. The Inky Johnson video to, is my favorite video I've ever made. It is the second right, worst you know, performing right, right. what happened to video I've ever done. <laughs> so, really? yeah, there you go. I it, it. So, I mean, yeah, fair. but I love that video. It, you know, so yeah, you just, I kind of, um, I try to keep kind of reinventing it. And fortunately, I've got a couple different avenues. I'm also the last chance you got, quote unquote. So I yeah. have that. I've got the what happened to stuff. I do AAF. So I just kind of cover things that interest me, yeah. honestly. Yeah. And um, yeah. I try to do that to keep it to keep it fresh. That's how I found you, the AAF. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, that's how I found you. Yeah. yeah. We, loved it. we went to the uh, see the legends. Took my boys down last uh, two weeks ago against uh, against Birmingham, and they just played it. Hey, but uh, that's how I, because. Uh, <laughs> It's funny though, I did a video, man, and uh, I, I said I, I almost didn't post it. I said, nah, I wasn't that good. And that's probably one of my top five. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I, there you I, go. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I was just giving a kid. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. How, how do you deal with uh, you know, neg? I mean, there's always gonna be negative people, jealous people, haters, and whatnot. I mean, yes. Uh, what do you do? You blow them off? You enter? I mean, you just laugh. I mean, how do you deal with the people who say, ah? I mean, you, I know you get that, and just uh, yeah. What do you do? My answer has changed over time because it yeah. really depends on where you at. Like I've had times where it didn't bother me at all. Sometimes it yeah. does bother me. Um, usually though, I because it's text, you know what I mean? I can sit back and like, listen, bro, just relax. And then give <laughs> a real response to whatever right. the criticism or whatever the thing is. If it's just like somebody just trolling i'll just ignore them right you know what i mean i'll right. usually just ban them from the channel because i don't want that toxic yeah. stuff in the comments at all anyway but if it's somebody right. just a real criticism or maybe they say something right. that i don't know maybe they had a problem with the video or something like that i don't know i'll just give them a real response and 99.9 percent of the time when i do that when i address it they always come back. Oh my God. I didn't even think you would respond or something like that. I'm a huge fan. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're a huge fan. Why are you trolling me, bro? But honest, I promise you it is insane. It's almost like it's similar to sales. Um, in sales, like you get these guys come in huffing and puffing. But like if I just go up to them with a real strong energy and just be real straight with them, they usually become like some of your best customers. So it's just that same thing. I think you just got to give them the right energy and it'll, it'll be good. Man, I had a guy one time, he was ripped me apart. And I said, I even did a thing back on it. He goes, and he changed his tone 180 degrees. I said, man, you are ripping me to shreds. And now all of a sudden you're like my buddy. I said, that's just that's weird. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's I wasn't mean to him. I just, but I, I do, I ban idiots uh, for sure. I don't need all that crap. Now, if you have construction thing, I'll listen to that for the, but there, it's just weird how many people are just negative, man. I'm like, well, I, yeah. I don't know if it's jealousy. I don't know what it is, but people just write nasty stuff. You're like, I don't get it, man. But uh, I think it's the just, same muscle, man. It's the same muscle that let people kind of um, rip on a lot of these athletes. It's uh, people forget that you're a person. Like if you work at a restaurant, yeah. sometimes people forget you're a person. Because I'm sitting behind a camera, sometimes people forget, yo, I'm just a guy, bro. So if I made a mistake on this stat and I'm off by like, 10 yards relax you know what i mean it's just me doing this i'm not there's nobody i don't have like a a stat guy to go and do this is me man so i can make mistakes it happens 
something like that, it's no big deal. That's what I did. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, you know, I corrected um, and let's keep moving. Yeah, uh, uh, hey, so Flemo, uh, where can people find you? And again, just man, first of all, let me just say this is I love it. I love what you're doing. Your videos are freaking awesome. I uh I, I just can't say that enough. Like I said, I can't remember if I said it before we uh, but the first thing my my one kid Liam and I do when we get in the car, I pick him up from a uh, bus is look at your videos. So it's a uh, it's it's a father son bonding if that makes that sense. That is and, uh, amazing. Right, tell, right, you say Liam is his name. Yeah, what I told yeah, Liam. Yeah, tell, tell him I say what's other, up. Yeah, right on, man. Well, I told him I was interviewing. He goes, "Oh man, really?" He's all excited. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's great. Cool, so man. I appreciate it. So where can people find you? Just now again, I'll put the stuff in the show notes, but tell us uh, just real quick uh, where people can find you, if you don't mind. You got a website or, or what? Yeah, just you can find me um, on my on my YouTube channel, Flimlow Raps. Um, also on Facebook at Flimlow Raps, uh, my fan page over there. And those are the best places. But any other social media, Flimlow Raps, I got it everywhere. So anywhere you, so, you search up <laughs> Flimlow Raps, it's me. Come through and you know say what's up. Hey, hold on, just I'm gonna hit unrecord now. So hold on, hey, thanks. Hold on, just one second. Don't hang up yet. <laughs> 